Welcome to Asking for a Friend with me, your host, Katrina Buffard. I'm a clinical sexologist, psychotherapist, and sexuality researcher. And this podcast covers any and every topic relating to sex, intimacy, or relationships that you might feel a little too embarrassed to ask about. This season of Asking for a Friend is sponsored by Desire, South Africa's leading sexual health and wellness store. For a lovely little discount, stay tuned until the end of this episode. 140 million. That's how many school days per year are missed by South African girls because they do not have access to period products. On today's episode, I'm speaking to Siv Ngesi. He's not the kind of guy, I suppose, or person you'd expect to be behind a South African menstrual organization or a major national menstrual product drive or be a Nationals winning pole dancer and drag queen. But he is fighting the injustice that girls and women experience daily across South Africa. I was rendered speechless by so much of what Siv was sharing with me that I think we all need to sit up, pay attention and get involved when it comes to this cause. I have looked forward to this conversation for a while and it's so great that it's happening on a day that you you've just um you know you've just launched a new vending machine so I think before we get into it at all I, I would just love to know who is Siv you know who is Siv and Gacy? who are you because while I'm you know my listeners would have listened to the brief introduction at the start I want to know from the man himself um my I'm a um a South African who was raised in the township of Guguletu and Langa, which is, if you're not from South Africa, it's um, quite a poor township. Um, I think for me, the, the great advantage I have is that I was raised by an incredible pack of women uh, who really did plow in about, you know, I, I, I don't think living in a household full of strong women, it's quite difficult to be anti-woman or to think women are inferior because your entire life has just been surrounded by these incredible beasts. Uh, when I say beasts, I say that in the, the most endearing way possible. I'm an actor, comedian, TV presenter, and I'm a, I'm a stereotypical, you know, people would call me a jock. Um, I box, um, you know, I, I gym and, you know, I haven't jumped in a while and I, I play rugby and stuff. And I, but on the other side, I'm quite like a, quite an unapologetic uh, man who's continuously just trying to shake up the table and be unapologetically myself, no matter what anyone says. So I, I pole dance. I've actually won an international competition in pole dancing, busy training for nationals. I do drag, do ballet. And I just, I'm just always trying to make people uncomfortable and just shake up the status quo and just be unapologetically myself and hopefully have young boys and young girls watching my Insta stories and watching my, my Facebook page and my stories and Instagram and be able to go, okay, so I can box and I can do drag. I don't have to be gay or whatever or have anyone tell me who I am. And that's, that's my goal and my mission in life in general. Mm, I mean, it's like the ultimate, ultimate um, search for or search or living in the most authentic way, the ultimate authenticity. That's the real sense I get from you is you are really being authentic self, like screw whatever heteronormative narratives there are out there you are doing what you want to do in the way that you want to do it and, and you're doing it and, you know, succeeding in it immensely. Speaking about winning international competitions, you're training for nationals, 
it's so interesting to hear about all these different parts of you that you know that are almost in in opposition you're speaking about being the jock but or then also speaking about doing drag which i think a lot of people will unfortunately associate to gay culture which is mm-hmm. is i don't know what do you think about that i think i i've had some pushback from a very small group of people who just gone i i can't do that you can't tell me what i can't do um but i just want to add like that i think uh, in the beginning of all these conversations that I, I think uh, i think a lot of people like to paint the brush that isn't a brush that i'm worthy of being painted of i am flawed i make mistakes i say the wrong things i make mistakes and i you know what i mean sometimes I, i i fall onto the jock side sometimes more than i should and it's a continuous balance and it's a continuous uh, uh, form of accountability continuously so if you listen to this there's no way I'm, I'm, am i ever saying that I'm, i i am perfect the two men behind me which is nelson mandela not morgan freeman and that is uh, um ali muhammad ali not will smith and i think both of them are some of the most influential men in the world but if you dig deep into their history very flawed men in many aspects of life and i think it's about being able to understand and realize that this thing particular thing is flawed and you need to change it and continuously trying to rework and, and re redefine and reimagine what your truth is uh and sometimes your truth may be a truth that is hurting other people and then you have to redefine and relook at that truth and that that's my belief. When when you say that right when i say authentic i don't i don't feel that that represents perfect perfection i feel that that represents like realness rawness and i'm glad you've said that and i'm glad you've used muhammad ali and, and mandela as an example there um you know along with yourself good good grouping there you've got going on right but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not not knowing near them uh but definitely uh, aspiring to be anywhere close to that realm absolutely aim high right but that, that, i think that that's what i really like you said like these human beings despite how revered they are and re- highly regarded they are and respected they are they're not they weren't perfect they aren't perfect you know they, they will never have been perfect so uh, i think that that's such an important thing for you to have said and i appreciate that you're saying that because again that just speaks to being your authentic self like this is who i am i am very real i'm not going to show up and bullshit you um this is the version that you're getting because this is who i am so i guess you're ruffling feathers along the way and and obviously this this conversation today is is about one part of you that you're extremely passionate about that that I I'm getting the sense you know from from chatting to you briefly and and hearing other interviews that you've done is is almost like what's the what's the right word for it it's almost like a mission that you're on like this is what you want to be doing you want to ultimately be known for this among other things but to change the way that we talk about menstruation we talk about men and menstruation and so you know tell me a little bit about how it came to be that you a uh, uh, a black man from Langa township started getting involved in this kind of initiative um you know i i i grew up in a household once again with very beastie women <laughs> and sanitary pads and sanitary products were just something that was just there you know um i think one of my worst uh, uh, images is my when my sister used to flush her tampons down the flipping toilet and then they used to pop up and then i used to see this used to flipping is make me ill 
ill, ill, ill. And another thing I've never actually mentioned in an interview before, I don't know why it just came to mind, is I, I worked in America for a while and I couldn't find a job, so I, I cleaned toilets for a while. Remember, I used to have to clean women's toilets and I have to empty out that bin. And it used to be one of the most horrific moments ever to like those bins smell and you know exactly what they are in the female's toilets. And, but then you realize that what, there would be no humanity without menstruation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the irony of it is that there's men in menstruation and there's man in humanity. Mm. So I think for me, I, it's, it's just, I, I just, I've always just like, it's, I think when I clicked about how do women every day on the street who are poor, what do they do every month? And for me, I think, I think I don't have a particular cause that I am more passionate about. I think I'm more passionate about injustice. And injustice is what I fight against. And this, this period of poverty, it's so it's such a deep injustice that it's become my personal biggest fight because the, the injustices of it are so multi-layered and multifaceted that what a, a young woman is not worth 12 rand 50 a month. Are you kidding? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Oh, so when she gets gang raped by a group of five men, you go, Oh my goodness. How does this happen? And I go, no motherfucker. You don't give a fuck about her for 12 rand 50. Now you want to wonder why she can get gang raped by a group of five men. Yeah, because you didn't care about her before. You know what I mean? So it's just a, a gigantic vicious cycle. And you know, people don't understand. Like I said to the government, that so I'm part of a lot of panels and I get put as, as part of panels just to make people uncomfortable. And I said to this government official, you don't understand the vicious cycle. It happens that if you don't give this girl or this young woman, a sanitary product for 12 and 50. She doesn't go to school. She misses four days of school a month, right? She gets left home alone to be preyed upon by flipping rapists and child traffickers and molesters. It happens to her. She goes to the police office. She uses a rape kit. She uses someone else's time at the police station, lawyer's time. It costs us so much when we could cure this thing for 130 rand a year. Mm. What? What? Mm. So that's where the passion comes from. The passion doesn't come from me. It, 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 it just, it's so multifaceted that if you could take a moment in South Africa, 140 million days a year mm. are missed by young girls a year. What? Are you kidding? 140 million. 140 million days a year in total so, so for by the every girl for the equivalent of a hundred spending 130 rand on on each girl which is the equivalent of six and a half pounds a year wow so 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 now you see why i'm passionate about it it's it's not even like it's not even like it's not even like i'm not like like this man here was fighting racial injustice this man here as well for me, racial injustice, like, you know, you, you can understand, like, you know, it, it's, it's, for me, that makes more sense because it's like one person is better than another person. It's stupid, but I understand. You know what I mean? Humans also have to have someone that they're better than. It's like a thing. You're trying to tell me that half the entire fucking planet menstruates once, like, once a month and you can fix this problem for 130 rand a month. Are you flipping kidding me? So now work it out. So three to four days a month, right? 
And there's like millions and millions of girls in South Africa who can't afford it. They miss those days of school. They will all end up being part of our problem. They'll be part of our system that, that has failed them. And then I, why I say it's so multifaceted is because she's worthless. She doesn't mean 12 rand 50 to you, right? So when she's getting gang raped and sold and trafficked, you go, oh, where did we go wrong? And I go, you went wrong when she started bleeding when she was 12 or 11 or 13 because you showed her how worthless she was by not helping her by 130 rand per month. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so once again, I get so much credit for this. I get so much credit for this thing, you know, that, that I'm doing. But it's like, I always say it's like patting me on the back for stopping at the zebra crossing for someone to cross. No, I stop at the zebra crossing because I fucking have to. I stop, you know what I mean? I'm trying to help people with, give dignity to people that should have dignity every day, but something they do that is natural. So I like, it's the same as when people give me credit for doing drag. I'm like, no, bro, I want to live in a world where I can wear a fucking dress and makeup. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you don't judge me. You know what I mean? But like, like today, I know I'm ranting, but today I had this weirdest thing that happened. Today, we had 10 ANC officials that rock up to our launch. Unexpected. To be able to take the credit for what we do. Huh. You know what I mean? And, and then you realize that we're on, we're on a track. We're on something here. You know what I mean? And it's election year. So half of, this is, half, of, half of the country is bleeds once a month. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, okay. You know? So it just, it just irritates me how this thing is so simple. I promise you, with the amount of money that they've stolen this year alone, I promise you, if you just gave me 5% of what they've stolen, the last... No, if you give me 2% of what they've stolen in the last year, I could end pure poverty in this country and make it sustainable and uncorruptible and still biodegradable and compostable. And I have a system that could be the system that could be uncorruptible. I repeat, uncorruptible, right? And then that, today I sat and spoke to little grade sevens today. And they looked at me like, oh, wow, here's another guy who's telling us that we're worth something. But, you know, you're just one of the guys who are telling me I'm worth something. But the greater scheme of things, they don't give a fuck about me for 12 and 50. Mm. I'm so flawed by what you're sharing, by how vehemently you're sharing it, by the passion. You can rant all you want. This is a, this is a subject we really need to rant about. And there are a couple of things that have really hit home for me. The one is that I have, a, I have an in, absolutely inherent belief that if we just could get education right, and I mean education on every level, we could solve a lot of the issues in the world. And I don't just mean what our kids are being taught, but the fact that they get to go to school, that they're at school learning. We could solve a lot of issues. That's my first thing. Education is crucial. These kids, they're kids, right? When a woman, when a girl starts menstruating, she's a kid, you know, average age, somewhere between 11 to 14 years old. So these kids are missing out on school. They're missing out on that education. Second thing, I'm sitting here as a woman myself, as a woman who has the privilege to access menstrual products, who's always been able to access menstrual products. And I sit here listening to you, not only being acutely aware of that privilege and how not having 12 rand 50 a month affects a young girl, 
but also how you as a man are going, do you actually fucking realize the enormity of the situation and the Mm. ripple effects in every aspect of our society? Mm. Which Mm. is something I'm ashamed to say I don't think I've given thought to before. Just just the the enormity of it. I am because of the work I do and I'd like to think because of the person that I am, I I have an incredible amount of awareness and interest in knowing and finding out and, and doing more and changing conversations. But I'm actually just sitting here thinking like, fuck, Katrina, changing a conversation is just not good enough. Like, it's not mm-hmm. good enough. We have to do so much more. So yeah, it, it pisses me off. Like, I could cry right now, just the, the way I, like, like, I could absolutely cry right now, but... It's just, for me, it's not even about the fucking tampon, you know? It's not, it's beyond that. It's a, it's beyond the pad. It's, you know, there's no reason why you should be hard on yourself. Like, for example, my, my best friend has cerebral palsy, right? He goes through things that I have never thought of every single day, right? Because it's not in our realm. There's not, like, I can't be angry at myself that I don't understand how it is to be paralyzed or not to be able to walk. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can actually handle. It's, it's the same with people saying, check on your friends. Like, let's be honest, we can't check on everyone. A lot of the times we're all fighting our own fights. You know what I mean? It's quite a difficult little thing. But for me, I think it's small things. Uh, putting an extra packet of pads in your car or a tampons or whatever, a moon cup, whatever it is. Just, and then at the at traffic lights, I, I always challenge women, when it's your time of the month, have a packet of sanitary pads in your car. And then the traffic lights, you hand it out. And men, vice versa, doing the same thing, you know? But for me as a man, like I was watching rugby the other day. I love rugby. Absolutely love rugby. I, I love rugby. And I, I saw on the TV, there was this man, the, 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 the wing, he had a tampon up his nose. Commentators said nothing. No one laughed. No one said nothing. Because that tampon was in a man's nose right as soon as the tampon is in a woman's vagina it changes the whole thing so it actually isn't about the tampon it's actually about the woman today that you are an inferior sex or gender you're not equal to us you know what i mean let me give you an example like you're a very educated woman you work you know your stuff but have you ever noticed that in all sanitary commercials for sanitary pads any sanitary products that the blood is always what color I knew you were always blue. It's always blue or purple. I've seen purple before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why? Oh, well, let me tell you one thing. If you bled blue or purple, you are about to die, girl. Yeah. You're about to die. You know what I mean? But it's that color to make men comfortable, non squeamish. So the day when I stop this fight is the day. That blood is red. Mm-hmm. Is the day I'm able to pump so many sanitary products into the system that a sanitary product is worthless. Just like a free condom. A free condom, there's so many in the system that it is, it is worthless. Now, I'm going to go in there, as I'm talking about condoms, the difference between, because everyone's argument is always the condom versus pad thing. You actually can't have them versus each other, right? Because a condom helps two people. It helps the man and the woman, right? So they, they, you actually can't put them in the same because they man, help the man, man and the woman. Or the man yeah. and the man, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so kind of thing. So this thing, the reason it's actually worse. So 
the, the, the condom debate is actually below the menstruation debate because the condom thing, men are involved here. Mm-hmm. Women are involved as well. So technically the menstruation conversation is up here. So I don't even think the condom conversation is even worthy. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's not worthy. So for me, what I'm saying is, and, and then because and then, I think a lot of times people think that this is only men who are doing it. Like men are oppressing women in this particular scenario. But 60% of uh, birth certificates have no man on them. They have women in South Africa, 60%, single households. Wow. So you're trying to tell me that most of these boys who feel squeamish about sanitary products are raised by women? What? What? Oh, oh. I believe patriarchy has no gender at times. Sometimes it's a systematic issue that needs to be addressed as a system. But a lot of these boys are raised by women. How are they not doing the work of educating them? You know what I mean? As well. A lot of the CEOs that I go to have been raised by single women. Like, so for example, like for me, like on social media, I post stuff about the charity and continuously I get this credit from heterosexual men and men going, this is great. Oh my God but they're doing it from a distance, you know? It is so systemically, like if men bled out of their penises every day, um, can you imagine? Could you Oh imagine? my God, the world would fall to pieces. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? God, can you imagine? Like, it's the same as like we hold women, because there's this interesting thing that we do as society is like, like celebrating women for going through tough times Wow, being a mother is so difficult. Oh, she was, like we celebrate women suffering. Like we have this way of celebrating them going through difficult times. Like women can handle this. Now, bruh, women are human, bruh. Like women are human. They are people. You know, they go through ups and downs. Like in the commercials, they always have women in the center prepared commercials. So happy, no cramps, having a great day. Like, oh, now, bruh, this shit is not easy, bruh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you guys knew, right? I mean, some women are in such pain they can't stand up. You know? I know. I mean, if you guys felt the things that us women feel when it comes to menstruation, I, again, I just don't think anything would function because men, you know, it's bad enough. And I'm sorry, that stupid analogy, like man flu, you know? God forbid, you know, you bled out of your penises or you feel pain. But I guess it, it does make me want to think about your slogan, right, for the Menstruation Foundation, because it does bring our attention to the role men play in this or don't play. So yeah. just share your slogan with everyone and then let's talk about it. Um, it's if men bled once a month, sanitary products would be free. If men bled once a month, sanitary products would be free. Mm, that is just so damn powerful. I promise you, people like we've had like today. I had a, 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 a thing with my with my client. Like some people have wanted us to donate money to us, but want us to change the name of our, our foundation. And I said, no, because you want you want you want to give me money so you can be comfortable. That's exactly what we're fighting. What we're fighting is people not being uncomfortable by the word menstruation. So you, me changing the flipping name of my charity, you can keep your fucking money. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous, man. Like, so I have that thing. And if you're watching this and you're one of those people, keep your fucking money. We'll be fine. 
I refuse to change it. It's called menstruation because the man in the men in menstruation has been highlighted because it's literally men are in the word menstruation and you are in it. Like you, it couldn't get like you, it's M-E-N. Like you are in it. Like, like what more could you do? It's the same as men thinking they're not involved in gender-based violence. Don't talk shit. We <laughs> are doing it. We're the only people that can fix it because we're the only people that are doing it. So what I feel like I need in this country is someone to flipping poison the water and put accountability in the water. Like we just lack accountability. And I say this country because I don't live anywhere else. Hmm. Like it's so easy to go, oh, these monsters are raping our women. No, don't talk shit. That monster is in you. I have the, exactly the same weapons that that monster has. I have a penis. I'm stronger than her and I could do the same. And continuously, it's just a fight to be able to make sure that that monster doesn't come out. Mm. <sighs> he just, uh, yeah, he rendered me like speechless around all of the, the nuances to do with just this, this area. I mean, you've just touched on gender-based violence and it just, it, I just... I'm not very often that I, I sit here not being able to find words. I, I, I kind of pride myself on being pretty eloquent and pretty good at, at feeding back. It's what I do. I'm a therapist. I feed back to people. I put their words into a different frame. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, I, I don't even know how to respond to this because I'm, I'm physically feeling, I'm feeling that injustice. Like I feel uncomfortable because of that injustice. You know, you know it. It. I. I, I catch myself crying sometimes. And the thing is, I think. I don't think I cry because um, I'm not a feminist. I'm not a feminist. I'm. I'm just. I'm too flawed to be a feminist. Mm. And. Um. I get. Um, I get too much credit for this. And for me, it's. I walk around with my phone in my hand and I do what the fuck I want every day. And I live an amazing life. And um, a, a woman yesterday shared her location with me. And I was like, I'm not the only person you've shared this location with. You shared it with someone else. And uh, it's because you, 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 don't, you, you don't trust me. And it's not because of anything that I've done. It's what my people have done, my gender has done, you know? And um, I just, I'm, it hurts me, man. It hurts me that, it hurts me that my, um, my 21 year old niece is not safe. It hurts me that my 21 year old niece is not worth 12 and 50. It hurts me that my, my, uh, my goddaughters are not worth 12 and 50. And once again, for me, it to mean something, you have to personalize it. And that on its own is a flaw. You know? So if you're watching this, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't need awards. I don't need credit. I, I, all I'm saying is that for the last 30 odd years, I, I've just been benefiting from this incredibly flawed system. You know? And I need white people to get to the point of understanding that they're benefited from the system. Mm. You know what I mean? And then what do you, then you, then help, be there to change it. 
And that's what I'm trying to do. Is I'm, I'm trying to go, no, bro, I benefited from this flawed, flawed, disgusting system. And for years, I've continuously been, you know, so it's just multifaceted. It's just multifaceted and it just makes me upset. So today I was talking in front of a few, maybe 50 young girls. Yeah, they'll get raped. A percentage of them will get raped. A percentage of them will have blood running down their legs and a percentage of them will miss school. And that's the system we live in. So the only reason I'm crying is because I don't believe masculinity is the problem because I think society paints it out to be. Toxic masculinity is. And there's nothing, if your husband couldn't help feed you or your children, hopelessness would kill him before it would kill you or your kids. And I'm a man and I'm an alpha man and I'm a, I'm a jock. The hopelessness, it's tears of hopelessness driven by my male ego. So once again, it's still a flaw. You know what I mean? It's, it's still a flaw. You know, it's, it's still a, it, it's, it's like, um, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I shed tears because I, I feel hopeless. And, and I mean, I also get the sense you feel helpless, right? Because it's, it's this, it feels like this insurmountable fight. And I mean, you just, you touched on it earlier saying if I took 2% of the money that's been taken and stolen, you know, we could solve this problem. But what I could, I could, sorry, I could solve this problem. I, I promise you, if you gave me the money that's needed, I could, I could cure period poverty in no time, in yeah, absolutely no time. not change your, your, your organization's name, please. Like the, the, the power no. is in that for God's sake. Like You can't. But, but uh, we have some people, uh, so a South Korean company who donates about 3.5 million rand worth of pads every year to us. And we're doing a partnership of opening up a factory early next year and uh, making about 40,000 sanitary pads every, every, every five minutes. I repeat, 40,000 sanitary pads every five minutes. So this thing can, I promise you, this thing is so fixable. It the is, and the, like, it's insane. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous the kind of things that can be done. But remember, it's a gigantic monopoly of companies. You know, it's the same as, I'm sure they could find a cure for cancer, but it just makes too much money. Mm-hmm. So we could do that easily. We could create employment. Um, we could create a system of women taking sanitary pads out there, selling them for 20 cents each. You know what I mean? Being able to raise money to be able to feed their family. Um, the, the factory will be able to, to employ about uh, 48, uh, 49, 49 women and opening one in every single province. I promise you, if, 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 if given the opportunity, we could pump so many sanitary pads into the system that we could force companies to make sanitary pads worthless. Mm-hmm. And that's where it needs to get to. They need to be worthless. Like last story uh, that I, I don't know, else I'm going to blab on. Um, uh, we went, we donated 10,000 sanitary pads Mandela Day last year at, to a, um, a, what was it? A, a um, like a, like a, those, like a big, during COVID, a lot of people got, had to sleep in like tents, like a refugee camp. And the woman was screaming, They're like, don't leave the pads with the men, leave it with the woman. We're like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, because they sell them back to us. So 
they wouldn't sell them back to them if they were rendered worthless. If there were so many sanitary pads in the system, sanitary pads would be worthless. It's got to get there. When is the last time you saw anyone selling a choice condom at a pick and pay? Because there's so many in the system, it's worthless. It's worthless. Absolutely worthless. Same as water now. Water's everywhere. But the day there's no water, you see how we kill each other for water. And currently, sanitary pads have an incredible value because they figured out that men figured out that women always bleed. I literally am having a visceral response. I mean, if you could, those listening, if you could see me when Siv said that, I literally like recoiled with my hand on my chest. I got goosebumps all over my body. Hearing that story of these women in those kind of refugee shelters, we could call them, I don't know, during COVID, I feel so sick to my stomach. So sick. Oh, and it's the second time this week I've had that feeling because I posted something unrelated to this, related but unrelated. I saw a headline on the front of the Cape Argus that said another lesbian woman had been killed because of her sexuality. Mm, lots. Oh, that's, 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 but even that, it's no, that all is, connected. No, it's all connected. All connected. It's, it's all connected. So it's the second time this week I've had that incredible sinking feeling in my stomach and I feel this visceral response. And I am... I am so like flawed at the simplicity of of this all in the sense of do you realize just how simple it is to make such drastic changes to the society we live in? Like, do do you? I'm flawed by the fact that you and is this flawed in a in in such a an enamored way. I'm flawed in, in the way that you have been able to develop a system uncorruptible biodegradable compostable that that works that we need to get into more schools so that more girls don't have to miss school so that we can eradicate period poverty in this country it's a global issue you know how shocking how shocking that that i've just recently i mean it must have i can't remember it must have been the last couple of months you know put up a news headline that new zealand has abolished you know period tax what the fuck why are we taxing period products are you joking? And Scotland. Oh, and Scotland. Scotland. The other one. That was right. Yes, I couldn't remember it was Ireland or Scotland. Like, that we're celebrating that these first world countries are doing away with it. Wow. So, okay. So, practicalities. Tell me about your vending machines. Just, just tell me about how it works. Like, how does a girl access, a girl in one of the schools where these vending machines are? So, we, we, we discovered and we realized with the amount of times that I've bought sanitary pads in my own pockets, delivered them to places. I get back about a month later and the, the young girls are like, oh, thank you so much for the discounted sanitary pads. I'm like, what do you mean? No, no, the teacher sold them back to us. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. All right. So, so I was like, okay, so I need to find a way to one, like scratch out the teachers and the middleman. So we have this sanitary pad vending machine which got invented. Um, there's vending machines all over the world. Um, I, I'm never going to take credit for inventing sanitary pad machines, uh, vending machines. But this one is um, has biodegradable compostable sanitary pads, and they are it doesn't need electricity, which obviously we have a big electricity problem in South Africa, yes. and uh, it where it um, it can be going to rural areas. Now, some of the most important thing is that we want to be able to collect data of these girls. So every month, in the first any time in the month, they have to go sign out 
sign out a little coupon that they put into the vending machine. They put it in there. They get eight eight um, eight cylinder pads. If they have a heavier flow, they can order get more. But our ones, uh, we have uh, our director and ambassador, her name is Barbaro. She plays uh, uh, for the Springboks. She wears the pads that we supply during the rugby game, and she still gets out of the game dry. Um, and we have females that are involved in this in this initiative as well. Um, and then that's what happens. And then we're selling it to corporates, selling it to corporates, but actually we're not selling it to corporates. They get a BE certificate, um, a tax-free writable. So for them, for corporates, it costs them nothing. Um, we had about 49 machines that have been ordered, 49 that have been ordered. We put up seven already. because we only launched last month. And, um, but in the last four months, we've given over half a million sanitary pads since we started counting we're on half a million at the moment. Uh, and now when we, we, when we put in our 49th machine, that will be averaging about 250,000 sanitary pads every single month. So it's, there's, there's no, and the interesting thing about it is, so when I first began and started this fight about seven years ago, so I've, I've really been involved in sanitary vending machine, donating uh, uh, sanitary products is a lot of the, the, the women led, uh, projects are quite like obviously the pink writing and it's quite emotive because obviously they think of their first time and now we have a sanitary which is one of the first ones that are run by men and we just try to simplify it as much as possible it's a woman plus a sanitary pad equals school days that's the only thing that we have to say that's the only thing we have to offer um we don't talk about personal experiences because whatever but and we don't believe that a man should ever hand a salary pad over to a girl I, we we wanted to get to that position but we have females um, ambassadors who are there and stuff but at the end of the day it's such a simple process do you know that western cape spends 300 million rand on unblocking drains 300 million rand unblocking drains predominantly what's in there sanitary products tampons uh nappies and um, like like news like like um, cloths that women are using for sanitary products, we've told them that if they give us hundred million rand, we could end period poverty in the Western Cape. Hundred million rand. But you know what happens is that there's tenders, tenders of friends, of friends, of friends, of friends, and friends and friends to be able to do these different jobs. But for a hundred million rand, I can get you a product that will not be an issue in the drains. It is biodegradable, compostable, affordable. And will not block your drains. And I promise you, they will spend less money unblocking drains, and we'll be able to end period poverty. But corruption is deep. Corruption is very deep, and that's a, a podcast for another a podcast topic for another day. That's probably not uh, fitting for a sex and relationships uh, platform. Um, <laughs> you know, there was something that came to my mind that I, I, I imagine someone out there must be thinking like, why not menstrual cups? You know, she can use it every month. I don't think maybe international listeners realize that South Africa doesn't have running water in rural areas. Let me answer that question because every white woman on my posts, that is her answer. Continuously. And it's like, they say it with such like a, an arrogance. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even realize. So we have a partner who distributes um, menstrual cups. We have a menstrual cup machine. We do have a menstrual cup machine. So we are there, right? But have you ever tried to put a menstrual cup when you have no privacy at home? One, yeah, when you're in a shack and you have six brothers and sisters and you're in there trying to put that thing up there, good luck to you. Have you ever tried to use a menstrual cup that you can't use hot water to clean? Have you ever tried that? Cool. 
No, not many people have. Have you ever tried to be in a cubicle, taking out a menstrual cup, and then going out, out of the cubicle, and then going to the toilet to clean it while you're dripping blood, and then you must go back again? Come on, guys. That is such a privileged answer that I get all the time. And even reusable panties, reusable panties. She bleeds, they fill. She puts them into a Ziploc bag in the morning, keeps it in the bag for the next eight hours. Have you ever tried to smell blood that has been in a bag for eight hours? Oh, I have cleaned those bins. Mm -hmm. I've cleaned those bins. (laughs) So the answer is definitely menstrual cups. If we can get to the level where our country actually has running water, hot water, privacy when people aren't sharing a room for six people or nine people we understand that is the as menstrual cup costs 250 rand five years it is the answer we know it's the answer but currently we have problems with it mm-hmm. um and a lot of people and as soon as i'm I trying I, I educate the, the people all that comes they're always like oh my goodness i didn't think of that i tell you yes. like i i think i think very you know if if those listening aren't thinking of that or they don't have an understanding of the infrastructure in South Africa, they, I hope, are not better educated around that. But it's always been something I've I've thought about, like, in this country, right? I've worked in the UK. I've worked in Australia. Wherever you go, there's poverty. But in South Africa, in rural areas in South Africa, where there are kids going to school, where girls are going to school, where they're being taken care of by their grandmothers, single women households, where they're living with their five brothers and sisters and maybe six cousins as well. And their parents are off working in the cities. One, there's no money. There's there's no money mm-hmm. for, for menstrual products once a month. There's no privacy. There's no dignity in using a menstrual product when you've got um, conditions like that. The social injustice there, the gendered injustice, it's just, it just permeates through this whole this whole thing. I'm having like a real moment today. So, wow, um, this conversation is, the, the depth of our conversation and the emotion behind our conversation is way more than I was anticipating. And it was already a topic that I, I, I have a lot of emotions about. Where do people get hold of you? How do people get involved without trying to change the bloody name of your amazing foundation? How can we as South Africans, particularly as white South Africans, particularly, how can we do better? I think, I think everyone in general, I think everyone can just, I think it starts by just changing the status quo. I think just being open and honest about this is a thing. Do you know in India, Women aren't allowed to go pray when they're bleeding in many places. But the irony is that the men go there to play to pray for the God of fertility. Oh, what? 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 You say you want to you want to pray for the God of fertility, but you women aren't allowed to be in there when they're menstruating. Ah, there's no fertility without menstruation, you idiot. Or one of my favorites is in Japan, women aren't allowed to make sushi. A lot of the places with, when they're on their menstrual cycle, but they can go home and feed your kids. What? 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 What do you mean? Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's some Japanese places, like old school Japanese places, but the women aren't allowed to feed, um, to, to, to make sushi when they menstruate, but they can go home and feed the kids and the, and the man of the house. But anyway, irrelevant. I think for me, let's change the status quo. Let's talk about period poverty. I think people must talk about it more and know that there's just like, it's the same as, the, like earlier we spoke about how education is key, right? But there is no education if these kids have empty stomachs. 
there is no education if you have blood running down your leg. So dignity is needed in, any, in anything to do with education. Like you mentioned, that they need to get there. I think change the status quo. And if you can afford it, pack, it, you know, pack, a, pack a packet of sanitary products in your car, hand it out of the traffic lights. It's pretty simple. Or if you really have a lot of money, not even a lot of money, if you want to donate some money, we have a project called the Grace Project. Um, literally, you sign on and every month we take off money. Uh, so for 100 rand, we can give 10 pa- uh, packets of sanitary pads to girls. For 100 rand, we can do 10 packets for 100 rand um, for Grace Project. We have that going. So 10 every single month, 100 rand or whatever, 200 rand, 300 rand, sponsor a girl. Um, 100 rand will give 10 packets of sanitary pads at 10 rand, uh, 10 uh, packets each. Five pounds. Uh, which will like take yeah, five pounds a month that is a coffee change your life it'll change your life it'll change your life um and then uh just check my instagram it's siv ngesi instagram or menstruation foundation just check it out there you'll see it on my instagram feed and then you can see you can uh, if you're international wherever you are i have friends i have friends who've put on a hundred dollars every single month and they are changing schools man change you literally work that out what's what's a hundred okay let's work it out quickly $100, $100, which is about uh, 1,600 1, rand, right? Then in that, you can times that by 10, right? We times it by 10. Okay, $1,000. Cool. So in other words, from each 100 rand of that, you are helping 10 girls per month. Okay. So that is how many? Uh, 16, what? My mind has just left me now. So each, each so out of that $100, yes. right, out of that $100, Mm-hmm. You are helping uh, 10 girls out of each 100 grand of that $100. Oh, it's right. absurd. It's a, no, you could literally help. You could literally help two classrooms of girls. <laughs> kidding. You're kidding. It simplifies it again. It just simplifies it. My math left me. I, I only have a grade 12. I did stand a grade at school, so I'm no hope. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. That's it. It's so simple. It's so mind-boggling. I mean, these numbers are so little that I don't even feel it's it's worth us saying, like, do you actually realize how little it is? Because it is so incredibly little. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's a it's I suppose you you've I feel like you've answered this question, or I already know the answer to this question of the, but I want to know from you if there was one thing, you know, that people should take away from this conversation, only one that you could share with people. For the rest of your days, what would that one thing be? Um, I think it's just one life at a time. I think it's just one good at a time. I think we, we have no real future if you don't if you don't invest in the girl child. I don't think we have a future. Uh, I don't think we have a future if you don't invest in the girl child at all. Um, it's taken me 30 odd years to, to get that. You, you can't, you, you can't. And I don't believe there's true freedom with period poverty going around. I don't think that's true freedom. That's not freedom at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and lastly, to any man or woman who's watching this, I think you can see that you, you, there's, the striving for perfection is that a bullshit. I think if you listen to this and you've heard me speak, you just hear I'm just a, a passionate guy who's, who's flawed and uh, unapologetic and, still learning and an emotional being and who's not striving for perfection who's just striving just to be able to help one person and you know what i mean i think down the road i think it will definitely will be worth it but every time i see a smile on a girl's face i think it's it's enough for me 
And it's such a simple thing, isn't it? It's the smallest, simplest thing. I'm no, sorry. It's, it's, it's very simple. I'm, I'm so glad you, you brought your rant here. You brought your emotions here. You brought your, your experiences, your drive, your ambition here. Because if, if the people listening to this episode don't walk away feeling something about this, that, that moves them to do something about this, then I worry that you might need a therapist because there's no feelings happening there. If you don't feel something after this conversation, if you're not sitting there dumbfounded, speechless, in tears, if you're not experiencing something happening inside of you, you need to check yourself. I really think so. Mm. So, so. Thank you. You know, uh, lastly, someone said, so, someone, so, someone said something over there to me. Um, and I think if you're listening to this and you, sometimes we help people for selfish reasons. And I'm unapologetic. I can say it. It makes me feel so good to know that someone is in a better position than when I found them. And in an interview, they asked me, who's my hero? Now, apart from Nelson Mandela, Muhammad Ali, and my mother, my ultimate hero is the man I have the potential to become if I just carry on doing what I'm doing. And the beauty of it is that I'll never meet him. Mm. You know what I mean? So never be scared to do things because it makes you feel good. Mm. Never be scared to, to be unapologetically yourself. Mm. And never be scared to just, just to, to look up to the person that you have the potential to be if you, you really, really go at your full potential. And I'm not religious. I don't believe in anything. But my definition of hell is meeting the man I could have become if I just worked harder, if I loved more and I did more for other people. And if I meet that person and he says to me, imagine if you did more for other people, this is the man that you could have become. And yeah, that's my definition of hell. I, I have nothing more to say because I think that that's the best place for us to end this conversation on. So thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe to this podcast and continue learning about some incredible and fascinating topics that we need to know more and talk more about. You can subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite platform. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you would rate and review it. This episode was sponsored by Desir. Desir believes that sexual health is not just about the latest sex toy, but about using products to improve one's overall sexual health and well-being. For 15% off, use the code for a friend.